до сухий дуби завтра мороз буде. Ой, собирайся, молодий козачі, завтра похід буде. Ой, собирайся, молодий козачі, завтра похід буде. Ой, я морозу дай не боюся, зараз розіб'юся. Ой, я походу дай не боюся, зараз оберуся. Ой, я походу дай не боюся, зараз оберуся. Popular Ukrainian folk singer Helena Kureshko and Maxim Berezhnyuk with Rozvevaisya Suhidube, a Cossack song about being called to go to war. Vitaya vas vsih, shanovni radio suhachi na radio peredachu na sholos radio krinskoho korinya na bahatomovni radio stansi AM 1320 CHMB umisci vankuveri, avorit pavlina. Dobry vechir and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. I'm your host, Pavlina. Thank you so much for joining me on today's program. Olena Skorohod will be joining us with a report from the rally in Vancouver last Saturday at the Art Gallery commemorating the second unhappy anniversary of Russia's full-scale invasion of Ukraine. As well, she'll be bringing us the latest news from Ukraine. Vasil Pavlovsky will be here with a cultural capsule and a look at uh, Vika Vredi, a very popular singer back in the 1990s. As well, Kanishka Corner Book Review of a very timely topic. As well, our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music. And coming up next, a Lithuanian uh, by the name of Archer Rehi and a song called Slava Ukraini, a song about the war in Ukraine. Slava Ukraini! Слава Україні, слава, слава Україні, слава, слава героям, слава, слава Україні, слава. There's a teacher holding a Kalashnikov, you can see the flame in her eyes. There's a bus driver with a Molotov, 
You can see the flame in his eyes There are families without their fathers You can see the flame in their eyes The bear has removed its disguise You can see the flame in my eyes Slava Ukraine! Slava! Slava Ukraine! Slava! Slava Heroyam! Slava! Slava Ukraine! Slava! Slava Ukraine! Slava! Slava Ukraine! Slava! Slava Heroyam! Slava! Thanks to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Shevchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for the past 60 years. Since 1963, the Shevchenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing artists and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Holos listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit www.shochenkofoundation.ca. Ukraine is under deadly attack, and Ukraine War Amps is asking for your help with a donation today. Funds are desperately needed by Ukrainian defenders for bulletproof jackets, helmets, walkie-talkies, food, water, and gas, and by civilians, including children, for food, water, and medications, and when possible, escape to safety. Please donate today to Ukraine War Amps via PayPal, e-transfer to ukrainewaramps at gmail.com, or visit ukrainewaramps.ca. Сію тобі в очі, сію проти ночі, буде тобі враже, так як відьма скаже, скільки вся тут землю впало зерен жита, стільки разів буде тебе враже вбито, скільки враже півень в ночі кукуріка, стільки днів у тебе доживати віка. Скажет, пусть сынку распишу. 
singer by the name of Angie Kreda, and that is a song called Vraja, which translates as enemies, a song cursing Putin and his genocidal minions. Olen is up next with a report from last Saturday's rally. Last Saturday on February 24th, Around 2,000 people gathered to remind Vancouver and Canada that the war in Ukraine is not over. Ukraine needs support in a fight for freedom and against the world's enemy number one. Two years of pain, loss and suffering united Ukrainians around the world in the need to stop the war. Together with Father Mihailo from the Holy Eucharist Cathedral, everyone at the plaza prayed. President of the Ukrainian-Canadian Advocacy Group, Olha Prodan, urged to remember that we are Ukrainians must stay strong. In front of the art gallery, under pouring rain, the Ukrainian community stood strong. Amongst them were children, asking to free Ukrainian children forcibly moved to the Russian Federation. Representatives of Estonian and Lithuanian communities supported Ukrainians at the rally. Oksana Hurska, a Ukrainian poet, powerfully voiced her prayers to free Azov and the captives who experience torture every day. Minister of Forestry in BC Bruce Ralston and MP Patrick Weiner from West Vancouver spoke out at the rally supporting Ukraine. Mikhailo Haidinchuk, the host of the event, also reminded of the vital and primary importance of donating regularly to support the armed forces of Ukraine and asked to remember to be Ukrainians on all the fronts. If we don't do it, no one else will, he said. This event was organized by the Ukrainian-Canadian Advocacy Group and the Ukrainian-Canadian Congress. These leaders led the march across Vancouver from the art gallery to Jackpool Plaza chanting, stand with Ukraine. Russia is a terrorist state. Police kept an eye on the traffic and a few supporters of Russia and Chechen leader Kadyrov. At the end of the rally, a girl from occupied territory spoke about tortures and murders that Russian soldiers brought into her village right after the full-scale invasion began. It was heartbreaking to hear this young girl describe the horrors that she witnessed. Lutovo, 
Всі прокинулися зі фразою, що почалося вторгнення. І з того моменту ми вже ніколи не будемо такими, які були до цього. Де 100 метрів від мого будинку був відкритий фронт, де росіяни вбивали наших, але ми всі стояли, де вони ходили і робили злочини з нашим селом, де вбивали людей, катували дітей, де танки їздили, і вони просто сміялися з нас те, що ми боїмося, де у кожному дворі ти чули сльози матері, до якої приходили і казали, що ми не змогли зберегти вашу дитину. Ми ніколи цього не забудемо, і ніколи ми їм цього не пробачимо. Слава Україні! After the rally, there was a photo exhibition and a theatrical performance at the ASFU campus in downtown Vancouver. The event was organized by Maple Hope Foundation. The theater was a full house and the performance brought tears to the eyes of everyone in the audience. Along with the tears, there was a strong sense of mutual support and undeniable unity. The one-woman play, In Captivity, was based on the poetry collection Man of Steel by Oksana Huska. The playwright, director and actress of the play, Venera Ibrahimova, amazed the audience with her professional and expressive acting. Two women's collaboration resulted in two love stories intertwined based on the realities of the war. Oksana Huska is a Ukrainian poet currently living in Toronto. She published her first collection of poems while waiting for Hennady to be released from captivity. An interview with Oksana Hurska will be coming up in the following programs. I'm Olena Skorohod for Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio. Ми одвіку не скорені ніким і ніколи не здамося сьогодні, щоб нас побороли, стала кривавою наша земля. Брати українці, тримаймось війна. Welcome to Knishka Corner, book reviews by Myra Junik. Stories about Ukraine and Ukrainians in English. In this edition of Knishka Corner, we will be discussing Stanislav Osseyev's The Torture Camp on Paradise Street. The Torture Camp on Paradise Street, translated by Zenia Tompkins and Nina Murray, and published by the Ukrainian Research Institute at Harvard University, is a personal memoir of Stanislav Asayev's two and a half years in illegal captivity. Most of it at the site of the defunct insulation factory, Isolatsia, isolation, in the city of Donetsk. This secret prison in the heart of Donetsk was called the Donetsk Dachau, because of the unspeakable torture that was endured by its prisoners. Thanks to Asayev's efforts, the prison's supervisor, Denis Kulkovsky Palich, was arrested in Kyiv in November 2021. The book began with Asayev's arrival at isolation prison at 3 Paradise Street. He soon realized that he was in a facility for prisoners charged with espionage, terrorism, and extremism. While in prison, Asayev was sentenced to two 15-year terms for his work as a reporter. The conditions he endured were horrific. The aim of the prison administration was to terrorize its prisoners. Isolation administration's main job was to train the inmates to fear, constantly, without respite, day and night, because fear could manifest as nightmares or crippling anxiety about being roused. And abuse and torture were just the tools in its toolbox. Throughout the 23 chapters of this memoir, Asayev documented the ways in which prisoners were abused and how they managed to survive. Food was limited to an ounce or two of bread per man per day, 
prisoners learned that time is your greatest enemy here. There was no exercise or outdoor recreation. There were no visitors. Everything had been taken from them, even calendars. Women were raped and men were beaten. Depression and suicidal thoughts were rampant among the inmates. Despite these conditions, Asayev survived. I must begin by reiterating that torture is a complex system of measures whose goal is not so much to break a person physically as to destroy them as an individual. His faith was a major factor in helping him to survive. The only thing keeping me alive was the promise of heaven as a future reunion. This book is difficult to read because of its graphic depiction of Russian treatment of Ukrainian prisoners. Asayev felt it was important for the world to know what they had experienced in the prison on Paradise Street. The accepted norms of prison life were ignored by the administrators of this institution, which was a torture chamber for political prisoners. The illustrations add context, and the addition of Asayev's writings from his isolation reinforce the horror of his experience. Perhaps the most poignant example is an atheist prayer, which is one sentence long. Dear Lord, grant that I may not be indifferent. This book reveals the existence of secret prisons in Russian-occupied territories in Ukraine. Asayev exposes the human rights abuses and war crimes committed in the prison facility known as Isolatia. It reveals the endless psychological and physical abuse inflicted on prisoners of this institution. It also exposes the cruelty and lawlessness of life in Russian-occupied territories. Asayev believes that Russia's war on Ukraine, which began in 2014, was an effort to destroy the Ukrainian nation. It was genocide. Under his pen name Stanislav Vasin, Ukrainian journalist Stanislav Asayev reported for Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty, as well as Ukrainian publications, Zerkolo Tizhnya, Ukrainsky Tizhdeng, and Ukrainska Pravda. He was imprisoned by Russian-supported rebels on June 2, 2017, for extremism and spying. Asayev was freed as part of a bilateral release of prisoners between Ukraine and Russia in 2019. In 2022, he published In Isolation, Dispatches from Occupied Donbass. For his journalistic work in the conflict zone, he was awarded the Norwegian Free Media Award in 2020, the National Prize for the Defense of Freedom of Expression in Ukraine, 2020, and the Shevchenko National Prize, 2021. He now lives in Kiev. The torture camp on Paradise Street is available at Chapters Indigo and Amazon. Thank you, Myra, for another thorough and thoughtful review. Join us again soon for another Kanishka Corner Book Review with Myra Jenik here on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. In the meantime, if you'd like to listen again to this or Myra's previous reviews or read the transcript, you can find them archived at our website, www.nasholos.com. Up next, a song that has become known as the anthem of the defense of Ukraine, it was released back about 2015 or so by Volva Hazer and a group called Shabla, and it's been done many times over. This version coming up next is Volva Hazer with the orchestras of the law enforcement agencies of the armed forces of Ukraine. It's called Bracha Ukrainsi, Brothers Ukrainian. На сцене сведений духовий оркестр Збройних сил України. Головний військовий диригент, народний артист України Володимир Дашковський. Соліст, автор пісні «Браття українці», лідер гурту «Шабля» Вова Гейзер.
You're listening to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio. I'm Pavlina. Up next, another recent release by Toronto artist Nastasia Y. This is a remake of a traditional Ukrainian folk song, Oiche Tokin Stoyit, whose horse stands there, and her version she calls Love Until Dawn. Чи-то кінь стоїть, що сива гривонька Сподобалась мені, сподобалась мені та я дівчинонька Yeah. 
Pavlovsky and welcome to Cultural Capsule here on Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio. A while back, I decided to start a cycle of cases that focused on the artists of the first Chervona Ruta festival held in September of 1989. Some of the artists are still extremely active, while others faded away. However, their statements through their music at the time were pretty powerful. I returned to the cassette tape I received in December of 1989. The first song on that tape included some very powerful statements by a performer who was known as Sestrechka Vika, Sister Vika. However, there were people in Lviv that called her the Konotopska Vidma, the Witch of Konotop, because she lived on Konotop Street in Lviv. The Witch of Konotop was a satirical fiction written by Rehori Vika Osnovianenko and published in 1837. Literary scholar Hryhori Hrabovich described the Witch of Konotop as perhaps the best of Ukrainian prose of the early 19th century. As a nonconformist, I'm certain that her attire contributed to her acquiring such a moniker. She was pretty ahead of her time, though the song that starts off the cassette was written by Andriy Kuzmenko of Skriabin. She had a stage presence that was very in-your-face and anti-Soviet particularly with the song that she opened up this recording and was also the first track on her first album. It's called Hanyba, or Shame. It opens with the following lines. I once again cry shame to you. A common dream of human hearts, we rocked you for years thinking you were a twig, but you turned out to be a willow. Now you know how it is, whether to destroy or survive. But I say live again. These are the consequences of infatuated self-admiration. The one thing I know, who doesn't live, doesn't die, who doesn't sleep, doesn't wake, who doesn't open their eyes, sees nothing. For you, Morozenko, all of Ukraine weeps. Morozenko was a historical figure by the name of Stanislav Nestor Mrozovitsky, though more commonly known as Morozenko. 
He was a colonel in the Cossack Coast from 1638 to 1645. I present to you, the listeners of Nash Holos, her original performance recorded live in September of 1989. Conducting a bit of research, I discovered that a good friend of mine, Oleg Levitsky, saxophonist, and younger brother Miroslav Levitsky, whose music I use as an intro to Cultural Capsule, played on Sestrichka Vika's first album entitled Mama Yadurna. Mom, I'm stupid. Now, a little more about our featured artist, Victoria Fregi, born on February 8, 1961. Vika first started performing in 1976 as a teenager with the vocal instrument ensemble Arnica. 
It was in this group that she met Yuri Varum, who later went on to form the jazz rock group Labyrinth. It was here where Vika would meet her future husband, Vladimir Bebesh. In 1985, when the group was formed, Vika left for Gorky, now known as Nizhny Novgorod, where they would be performing at the Gorky Philharmonic. She would later go on to participate in the recording of two songs of Yuri Chernyavsky with Yuri Boyarsky for the Soviet period television musical called Vishcherayduhe, Higher Than a Rainbow. This made for TV musical, released in 1986 and directed by Yorgi Yunvald Hilkevich, became extremely popular due to the number of well-known singers on the soundtrack. When returning to Lviv, she started working with Bratiho Yukine and then captured first place in the rock category at the Chervona Ruta Festival. Her first album was released by Kobza, a Canadian-Ukraine joint venture. This is the same group that released the cassette I was given. Her first album is filled with humor, satire, social commentary, and she pokes fun at many different stereotypes of the period. The first verse of Mama Yadurna, which happens to be third song on the album, starts out like this. You sent me, my mother, to study in Lviv. I entered the third vocational school. I ate like a cow on that scholarship because pasties were cheap as shit. I will not be featuring this song in today's cultural capsule. However, I will ensure that Pavlina has it in her archives, and maybe, if plenty of you request it, she will include it in a future Nash Holis program. In 1992, my good friend Oris Vasilsev from Lviv and his wife Marta were in Montreal. Somehow we heard that Sestrechka Vika would be performing at some small club in my hometown. We paid a visit to her performance, and somewhere in my archives, I have pictures both from the performance and her spending a little time with the three of us at our table. In 1993, she divorced her husband and left for the U.S. with her son. She would marry three more times. All marriages ended in divorce. She went on to produce a few other albums after landing in the U.S., though little has been heard since her last release in 2001. America, Holy Babe, America, Naked Women. Then, in 2003, the Atlantic record label, known for doing compilations of Ukrainian musicians, released Vika Vragi as part of their Rock Legends of Ukraine series. I hope all listeners enjoyed this episode of Cultural Capsule and will continue tuning in to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio to get your little fix of your cultural roots. Until then, stay well and safe. Up next, Fata Morhana and Nizavidui. Don't be envious. Nizavidui, Batamu. Багати не знає Ні приязні, ні любові Він все те наймає Не завидуй могучому Бо той заставляє Не завидуй і славному Славний добре знає Що не його люди люблять, а тут тяжку славу, що він тяжкими сльозами вилив на забаву. А молоді, як зійдуться, то любота тихо, як у раї, а дивишся, ворушиться лихо. Не завидуй же нікому, дивись кругом себе. Нема раю на всій землі, та немай на небі. And now the latest news from Ukraine. 
courtesy of the Kiev Independent, Ukraine's largest and fastest-growing English-language news organization. Russia's full-scale invasion of Ukraine has damaged one out of seven Ukrainian schools and completely destroyed 400 educational institutions, Deputy Education Minister Yevhen Kudryavets said on February 25th. More than 3,500 educational institutions have been damaged, and the cost to repair these buildings is estimated to be almost $14 billion. According to the UN, only one-third of Ukrainian children are able to attend schools in person. Roughly another third learn online, and another third learn in a hybrid approach due to the threat of attacks. Educational institutions that are close to hostilities remain shut, as schools are often a target for Russian forces. Four people were killed in October 2023 when Russian forces attacked a school in Nikopol in Dnipropetrovsk Oblast. A Russian drone attack on a school in Romne in Sumy Oblast in August 2023 killed a school principal, deputy principal, secretary, and librarian who were in the building to prepare for the new school year. Ukrainian forces shot down two Russian Su-34 attack planes in a single day on February 27th, the Air Force reported. Air Force Commander Mykola Olishchuk initially reported one Su-34 shot down in the eastern sector earlier in the day. According to the Air Force, the second plane was downed at around 2 p.m. local time in the same sector as the previous one. The destruction of the jet is the latest in the recent uptick of downed Russian planes, including two A-50 early warning and control aircraft in the past two months, each costing around 330 million U.S. dollars. Russia has lost around 340 planes since the beginning of the full-scale invasion on February 24, 2022, the General Staff of Ukraine's Armed Forces reported on the morning of February 27. There are 28,000 Ukrainian citizens in Russian captivity. Ukraine's obdusment Metro Lubinet told reporters at the Ukraine Year 2024 forum on February 25, where high-ranking Ukrainian officials met to discuss Ukraine's future. The captives are spread across Russia and the occupied territories, according to Lubinets. Many are religious figures, journalists, NGO workers, and representatives from local governments. Ukraine has managed to return 3,135 citizens, including 147 civilians. Around 90% of Ukrainian prisoners of war are tortured every day, Lubinets said. Speaking about the return of stolen children, Lubinet said that he believes partner countries like Qatar are more effective than international organizations. Currently, 70 countries have joined Canada's International Coalition for the Return of Ukrainian Children, which was officially launched on February 2nd. The International Criminal Court, ICC, issued an arrest warrant for Russian President Vladimir Putin on March 17, 2023, over the deportation of Ukrainian children. The 123 member states of the ICC are required to arrest Putin if he steps foot on their territory. Regarding military prisoners, Lubinet explained that several organizations are focusing on the return of different units. However, added that his task is to bring back all captured people. Ukrainians have directed attention towards the Azovstal soldiers in Mariupol that were captured in May 2022. While some have returned, many remain in captivity. Lubinets appealed to the United Nations and the International Committee of the Red Cross on February 20th to investigate the killings of Ukrainian prisoners of war in Avdiivka. The city fell into Russian control on February 17th after months of resisting Russia's intensified offensive against the town. Ukraine is committed to cleaning up corruption, Defense Minister Rustam Umerov said, speaking at the Ukraine Year 2024 Forum in Kyiv, Ukraine. Umerov said the Defense Ministry uncovered violations worth tens of millions of hryvnias during its regular inspections of food supplies to military units in recent months. We continue to work with the Security Service of Ukraine, the Prosecutor General's Office, the State Bureau of Investigations 
and the NABU, National Anti-Corruption Bureau of Ukraine, to identify corruption schemes in the defense forces, Umerov continued. Umerov added that the defense ministry is auditing its structural units and the military. Several corruption scandals have rocked Ukraine's defense ministry since the onset of Russia's full-scale war against Ukraine. The former director of the Antonov State Enterprise, Sergei Buchko, and the head of the Aviation Security Department, Alexander Netosov, face 15 years in prison for obstructing the country's defense of the Hostomol airport. Ukraine Security Service, the SBU, reported on February 27th that Buchkov and Netosov will stand trial for obstructing the activities of the armed forces. In April 2023, Bichkov and Netosov were charged with negligence, leading to the destruction of the world's largest cargo aircraft, N-225 Mria. According to SBU statement, the Mria aircraft was in good technical condition and the crew was ready to be evacuated. The Antonov officials ordered to block access for the Ukrainian soldiers on the territory of the Hostomol airport. SBU reported. The SBU said that before Russia's all-out war, Antonov workers refused to let the National Guard on the airport territory to prepare for its potential defense. Antonov officials made the decision to not evacuate the Mria, despite warnings by state authorities and knowing that insurance coverage was running out. During the fight for the Hostomol airport, the aircraft was destroyed. The negligence of the Antonov workers cost more than 8.4 billion hryvnias, which is $227.8 million in damage to the Ukrainian state. The Ukrainian resistance blew up an office of the United Russia Party in the occupied Ukrainian city of Novakakhovka, the National Resistance Center said on February 27th. The center said the attack carried out on the morning of February 27th aimed to disrupt preparations for the Russian presidential election in March. Russia also plans to illegitimately hold elections in the occupied territories of Ukraine. Russia allegedly blamed the incident on drone strikes to deny and cover up the activity of Ukrainian resistance in occupied territories. The National Resistance Center calls on citizens of Ukraine not to participate in the Kremlin's propaganda production called elections. At the same time, the resistance movement notes that any collaborator who helps organize the election process will be held accountable for their actions. Novakahovka lies on the eastern bank of the Dnipro River in Kherson Oblast. Russia declared annexation of partially occupied Kherson, Zaporizhzhia, Luhansk and Donetsk oblasts in September 2022, a step denounced by Ukraine and the international community as illegal and void. Efforts to integrate occupied territories have been accompanied by activities of the ruling United Russia Party, which has opened branches in several occupied Ukrainian cities. The party has come under attack several times. Its headquarters was destroyed in the occupied city of Polohe, Zaporizhzhia Oblast, last September during sham local elections organized by Moscow. A United Russia representative was killed by a car bomb in Novakahovka a month later. I'm Olena Skorohod in Vancouver for Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio. And that's the news from Ukraine for today. Coming to you courtesy the Kiev Independent, Ukraine's largest and fastest-growing English-language news organization. For more up-to-date news stories as they happen, visit their website, kievindependent.com, and make sure to follow them on social media. To allow this independent Ukrainian news team to continue delivering you news from on the ground in Ukraine, please consider becoming a member at kfindependent.com. And our proverb of the week translates as, At the beginning, everything looks good, but what the end will be, the devil only knows. 
as I guess Mr. Putin is finding out two years later. And with that, we've come to the end of another edition of Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. In between broadcasts, you can stay in touch with us via our Facebook page, our YouTube channel, and our website where you can get transcripts, audio archives, and a link to our podcast. And that is www.nashholos.com. And of course, you can always get our podcast on your favorite podcast app. Well, our time is up, so we'll wrap up the show with the Bible Request Band and the Kerosene Polka. I'm Pavlina. On behalf of myself, Olena, and all of us here at Nash Holos and AM1320, thanks for listening, and Dobranich! Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.